Wow, Jill, thank you. That was decent, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it's fantastic. That was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. One of my favorite sounds as a dad, um, really his favorite sound as a, as a human, but one of my favorite sounds as a dad is when I hear one of my children do this. <gasps> Just that. I love what to hear my children say, that sound that uh, I heard it last night when we went to look at Christmas lights in the 90 degree weather. You go around a corner and you would see a house or an area just beautifully lit and you'd hear one of, ah, just that, that pleasant surprise that kind of changed the, the narrative for a minute, that anticipation. I hope I hear it in the morning when they come downstairs and they see presents under the tree. Just that, ah, or... When they when they rip open the rip open the paper and begin to see what's what's in there and ah, just that just that moment of, of of surprise, I love to hear that sound because it's it's their way of life for for hopefully all humans but especially children, it's that anticipation of something good to come, that that, that it, it's it's when you're listening on the on the radio and that that. Christmas song that you love comes on, or you're watching television and they're advertising that movie that you get to watch or, or record that, yes, this was, my life was going this way and I see this. I, I, think, I think God loves that sound. I think, I think God loves to hear that, and in, in whether we do it audibly or whether we do it in our soul, I think that may be one reason why he said to be like little children. Just always be on the lookout for what's next. Always be on the lookout for that moment of grace. Always be on the lookout for what he's doing. Where, where you're, you're, you're planned to go this way or you're planned to have this. And just all of a sudden, huh! in the very last page of the Bible, it's Revelation chapter 22. In the very last page of the Bible, we're told where all of history is going. We're told that it's going to be an incredible eternity for those who belong to Jesus. And it's as if John, who, who writes the book of Revelation, and God gives him this vision to say, here's, here's where everything's headed. It's as if it's this chorus, this continuous uh, cacophony, if you will, of, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just over and over and over. It's as if John just can't write it down fast enough. I mean, he says, he says, and then I saw what was like a, a, a river of life or a river flowing down this paradise, and it was the, the water of life. You just wonder if John was... <laughs> and then he said, there's this tree of life that was bearing fruit for all who were there. And then he says, then the curse was removed. Any signs of the curse were removed. The curse of sin were removed. And then, then he goes on to say, and the, 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 the night went away. No more darkness, no more hiding. All it was was light from the light of Christ. No more shame. And you just get this picture as you read the first seven, eight verses of Revelation 22 of where all this is headed, as if John was just like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever used to watch the Oprah Winfrey show. Of course you didn't. You're Baptist. But those other, other denominations, they're pagans. They probably watched some of that. That was a joke. I'm just kidding. But every now and then on the, on, the, on, the new, on the end of the year show, she would have the giveaway, right? Now Ellen does it. 
And Oprah is kind of known for that, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. I don't have that for you tonight. But I read Revelation 22, and that's just what I feel. It's like John is just given this vision where, like, you're going to enjoy the, the river of the water of life. You're going to be able to drink from this fountain and be satisfied in your soul forever. And, and you're, you're going to go to this tree of life that's bearing this fruit, and you're going to be able to eat this fruit, and it's going to satisfy your soul. And there's not going to be any consequences of sin on your body or in your heart or in the, in the creation. No consequences of the, of the curse and you're going to be in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. And you're not going to have any darkness. There's not going to be any fear. There's not going to be any shame. There's not going to be anything you have to hide. And it's as if this, it's, it's, John's just writing it down and just in amazement. He's walking in this anticipation of what's next? What's next? What's next? And I want to ask the question, how? How can you enjoy that? A place where there's no effect of sin? A place where you can just drink of the water of life and eat of the tree of life and there's no darkness. You don't have to try to hide or cover, cover up anything deep down in your soul. You can be fully seen and fully loved. How? Heaven must be just for the really good people. How do you, how do you get there? I want to enjoy that. But if I'm being real honest on this Christmas Eve, I know what's in my heart. How? It's one thing to say, oh, when you know you're going. But it's another thing when, if you're like me and you know what's in there, or maybe some of you are sitting by your crazy uncle and you say, ain't no way he's going. Or you're thinking about your ex. <laughs> or your mother-in-law, you know she ain't going. How is it when we get to see where all this is going and it's just a place where we are under the domain of a loving king? How can John just write it down as if he's going? What are we celebrating in the morning? This is the audience participation portion of our program. Tomorrow's Christmas. And it's Jesus' birthday. We're celebrating the gift of a son. His first coming informs what's going to happen when he comes back again. Get this. Throughout Jesus' life, if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see over and over when Jesus did something or when he taught something, the reader's just like, oh. the readers read something else, oh. And things that Jesus does just prepares us for that. I mean, think about it. The gospel writers tell us that when Jesus hung on the cross, you know what he said? One of the things that he said? He said, I thirst. He was thirsty on the cross. Why does it say that? He was enduring cosmic thirst, if you will, the depth of his soul being thirsty so that we could enjoy the water of life. Why did Jesus come? So he could be thirsty even though we deserve the thirst. He was thirsty so we could enjoy the water of life. And you know what he died on, right? A tree. The tree of death. 
The Bible opens with the tree of life. That's where the horror of sin started. And the Bible ends with the tree of life, giving fruit to those who are there. But in the middle, there's this tree of death where Jesus hung. This baby that we're going to celebrate in the morning, he came so he could go to that tree so you and I could enjoy the tree of life. The Bible says everyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. Jesus hung on a tree so that he would endure the curse we deserved. So if you're sitting there in your pew thinking, there ain't no way I'm going to be able to be right with God, think again, because tomorrow morning you're going to celebrate the birth of this baby who came to be a curse in your place so that you can be in the presence of Jesus, their God, forever. And I'm so glad there's not going to be any darkness. I don't like the dark, especially in my soul. I'm good at trying to cover stuff up. I'm one of those good church people that says I'm fine on Sunday morning when I really ain't. But in heaven, there's not going to be any dark. I'm going to be fully known and fully loved. How? How can that be? Because you know Jesus, after he died, you know what happened on earth. There was darkness for several hours. Jesus endured our darkness so that we wouldn't have to. Don't you just love the cooing of a baby on Christmas Eve, by the way? I love it. How do you get there, preacher? How can... How can I, I, I anticipate? How can I read Revelation 22 and read the description of paradise and think, oh, this is me. I get to go to how? It's not what you do. It's your faith in what Jesus has done. It's not putting your hope in what you have or haven't done because we've all blown it. It's putting your hope and faith in what Jesus has done for you. You say, I don't deserve it, but you sent Jesus for me. That's how. That's why he came, church. You get to celebrate the birth of this child tomorrow because he came to take your place. He came to be your substitute so that you can enjoy what we read at the end of the book. You know anybody that says they don't like surprises? <laughs> I can't stand it when I hear someone say I hate surprises. But I get it. I, I've said that. I still say it from time to time. We all are that way to some extent. I just hate surprises. Just tell me. That's why I've caught my kids looking for their stuff a hundred times. They hate surprises. You know why? You know why we hate surprises? Because we like control. We like to know the narrative. We like to know what's planned, what's coming, what's next. Can I encourage you to drop the control and say to Jesus, surprise me with grace. See, you, your narrative may be this, but God's got one for you that says, ah, 
Maybe you need to just say, I'm sorry I'm trying to control everything, Father. But you sent Jesus so that I can be surprised by grace. I was reading this past week from an author that I like. She grew up in an Episcopal home. And I didn't know, I don't know how, if all Episcopals do this or if it was just her. But apparently every year in her home, they didn't decorate their house or the Christmas tree until the night before Christmas on Christmas Eve. And that wasn't the norm. And so she asked her mom, Mom, why do we wait until Christmas Eve to decorate the house, especially the tree? And she said, because I believe Christmas was burst upon us. Now, I don't know if I'm going to adopt doing that at night on Christmas Eve, but I think she's right. Christmas burst upon us like a light in the dark saying, I'm here to change your narrative. I love you. I'm for you. I'm going to do what you can't do. Trust me. And I have a real good feeling that night when the angels showed up and went and saw Jesus. You know what they did? I'm going to ask some of the deacons if they would come forward and we're going to go out singing tonight. But I want you to reflect on the fact that Jesus burst in on the scene and he came to be your substitute so that you could enjoy all the benefits of a relationship with God. Worship Jesus tonight. Put your trust in him tonight. And that second the devil, Satan, tells you that you're not worthy, tell him you're right. But Jesus makes me worthy.